0: I've been thinking a lot about babies, their toes and and the way they smell like fresh bread and how you kind of want to eat them or at least take them back into your body to keep them safe because, you know, the world is scary. I've been thinking a lot about babies. Friends of mine have recently just given birth. Theirs is a baby greatly longed for, a rainbow baby. Whose coming into the world was filled with travail, but who finally arrived, bouncing, bonny baby boy. But his mama just sent me a message just two days ago to say he's not doing okay and he's back at the children's with an unstable heart, and his parents feel like they are falling apart, like the whole world is ripping and whipping away. I've been thinking a lot about babies. There is an expectation that Christmas church services will be in some way traditional and that maybe we will sing some songs about virgins' wombs and silent nights and hear a lovely story about a baby and then we can walk away knowing that everything is as it always was and will be and all is well with the world. Fair enough. We all like a happy ending but this story it's not just about a baby and as the writers of the salt commentary put it christmas stories in scripture are deeply political not in the you know party political sense of the word but rather in the deeply human communal what kind of world shall we build together sense consider how luke begins the story right out of the gates with a sentence that should take our breath away. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. All the world. Hello, Putin. Think of the sheer ambition in that decree, the totalitarian appetite, a single comprehensive grid meant to fall across the whole of creation, seizing everything in a single grasp. And for what? Well, Luke's early listeners would know right away, of course, for taxes, for tribute to the empire, for soldiers, for blood and bone, for extracting value in order to build palaces and armies in short, for strengthening the imperial grip. So no, this this story is not just about a baby. It's about a young man who lived and breathed over 2,000 years ago and who burned with the belief that God lived inside him and shone through him. And these things, these many things that are wrong with the world, you know what? They're going to have to change. Things like... I don't know, the rising sea sweeping away the grandma's graves on the coastlines of Tonga. Things like the climate change fueled floodwaters surging in the rivers all over Australia's northeast coasts. Things like the shell-shocked families up in Queensland of the young police officers. The son, the daughter, all shiny in their uniforms, who were grappling with losing their adult children, or things like the broken heart of the mother of Cassius Turvey, 14-year-old Cassius Turvey, walking home from school one day, hunted down across an Australian town by white boys with baseball bats. And while we're at it, let's not even get started on Ukraine, hey? And the children hiding in cellars, playing cello in cellars, doing schoolwork in cellars, plaiting their hair in cellars. I've been thinking a lot about babies and their mums. What does the prophet Isaiah say? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the pitch dark land, light is dawning. I've been thinking a lot about Mary and about angels and about miracles. Miracle from the mid-13th century as something that awakens wonder or astonishment, an extraordinary or remarkable feat without regard to divinity or supernatural power, without regard to divinity or supernatural power. Want to hear a story about a miracle? Want to hear a story about a baby? Want to hear a story about an extraordinary feat? Because you know what? They happen all the time. They happen all around us. June 2022, Lismore. A couple is buried up to their chests in mud. There has been a landslide. Their baby, brand new, lies some 50 metres away from them. They cannot reach her. They have been held under by the earth for over 24 hours. Their baby lies in the mud, just out of reach. A woman comes. She is a rock climber. She brings ropes and she climbs, she climbs and she climbs and she climbs. It was instinct, she said later. Instinct. I thought I'd better go check it out. We were all cut off from help, all of us, so we helped each other. They're okay now she says. They're all okay. Well I I looked up at their house she said from across the valley and I saw that there'd been a landslide and I thought I would better go check it out and when she got there the baby all alone had just rolled over. The baby inhaled the earth. The baby could not breathe. So the woman hangs on the rope, swinging while reviving, swinging while reviving. Can you see her swinging on her climber's rope in the sky like an angel? And all the while, the parents are pinned under the weight of the flood mud. They're okay now, says the woman. They are all okay I've been thinking a lot about babies and about darkness. Wendell Berry, farmer and theologian, once said, it gets darker and darker and darker. It gets darker and darker and darker. And then Jesus is born. But what difference does this really make, this birth? And what is this Christmas Day story really about? One huge yet simple thing. It's about incarnation. Luke's story witnesses to the astonishing fact that this story tells us that the Spirit of God burned bright in the body of a baby and that this baby grew up to shine out that Spirit so bright, cosmic light that people's hearts caught fire And catch fire to this very day and that nothing was ever the same again. I've been thinking a lot about babies. And how if you took this story to be literally true, which some people do, then how brave God was to become one of us. Because babies, they're fragile. You know, they're so easily broken And the mama sent me a message just two days ago to say he's not doing okay. And he's back at the children's with an unstable heart and his parents feel like they are falling apart and the whole world is ripping and whipping away. But if we understand this story as an open door into mythos and if we understand incarnation to mean embodiment, then we can see that, as Marcus Borg would say, That Jesus is what the way of love looks like, what the way of God feels like embodied in a human life and that embodying love like this, living like Jesus lived and dying like Jesus died, took unbelievable courage. Big things always do. Cassius's mother, Michelle Turvey, back in November of this year, released a statement ahead of attending the Perth vigil being held for her boy. She said, I need to call out for calm. I am angry. Cassius's friends and family are angry. But I don't want any form of violence at any of these rallies in the name of my child. Violence breeds violence. I want calm and I want peace. And then she paid tribute to her son as a young leader and a proud Noongar and Yamayati teenager. She said, We knew from the early days Cassius would be a shining star. That was easily seen by his family, by the way he smiled, he laughed, he was kind and his heart, well, it was larger than life. We can imagine Mary saying exactly the same things after she lost her boy. Incarnations happen everywhere, every day. God is with us and in us and all around us. And at Christmas, we see specifically that God was in this baby, in this time and this place, love being born with a human face. There is no scandal here just astonishment, and the big question, what do we do with this story that has been given us? How do we say yes to it? How do we become part of it? So that we, like Cassius and his mum, and Mary and her son, and all those who are part of the good, can save the world.